Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. I need you. I need you to believe me. Even when I'm lying. In fact, I need you to believe me, especially when I'm lying. It's high noon. For Friday, March 12th, 2021, follow the podcast on Parlor and Gab at I'm Your Moderator or on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm Your Moderator. You can also join the discussion thread at t.me slash Be Reasonable Discussion. And if you want some really amazing merchandise to show your friends that you have a fantastic taste in merchandise, and a great sense of humor, just go to www.cancelcotour.com. And if you want, if you're feeling generous, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, go on into your podcast app and leave a rating and a review. And then I'll call you my best friend if you want. So it is the 51st full day of Barack Obama's third term as served by the half-dead, demented, degenerate, ventriloquist, dummy, fake proxy president, Joe Biden, who is overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party and happy to do their bidding, even though he doesn't know he's doing anything at all. He is also the patriarch of one of the most corrupt families in American history, if not the world, and the father of one Hunter Biden, who is right up there, gotta be top 10 of the most despicable sons anyone has ever fathered. So congratulations, America. You voted for two months 
of a dead guy to try to Trojan horse your way into a Kamala Harris presidency, even though she slept her way into her career, is a compromised, corrupted communist. And absolutely no one in the country anywhere likes her at all. Great work. Last night was Joe Biden's big entrance onto the world stage as the first ever fake and illegitimate president of the United States who actually has no power and no say over anything that happens and can barely read the words on the teleprompter speech that he did not write. So as embarrassing as that is, his speech was even worse. And the only thing worse than that is the mainstream media coverage of it. Apparently, there are actual people in the real world who watched that speech and thought it was good. Now, there are tons of people saying it's good who didn't bother watching it, of course, because they're communists and they repeat slogans. But on the White House channel, Joe Biden's White House channel on YouTube, he had just slightly over... 7,100 people watching and the comments were turned off so that no one could actually know what the country thinks of this man. 7,000 people watched and we're supposed to believe that the guy got 81 million votes. That is absolutely false. It's comical. It's fantastical. The fact that anyone believes that is way beyond me. But 81 million people did not vote for Joe Biden. That's a fact. Okay? The Republicans, Donald Trump has said many times that if they got to 68 million votes, they would for sure win. And they got at least 75 million, and it's probably more like 80, 85, 90 million, maybe 100 million, depending on how much the fractional voting Dominion algorithm skewed the actual vote count and how many votes were completely thrown out. Donald Trump won that election in a massive, massive landslide, both in the electoral college vote and in the popular vote. And we're going to see it eventually. When is eventually? I don't know exactly, but it's coming out more and more every day. All right. There's a, there's a new piece of election fraud news every single day. The, Maricopa County thing that's going on. You know, there were reports over the weekend last weekend that the man who found all of the shredded ballots from the 2020 election in a dumpster was being harassed and threatened. And to clarify, the Arizona attorney general came out and said that they were only trying to retrieve the ballots from him so that they could establish a chain of custody and they were implying that somehow he had attempted to try to break into the facility and then got the ballot so nobody could really know where they came from of course that's not true and there's naturally security camera footage there it turns out that the story is exactly what it looked like people went and shredded 2020 presidential election ballots after finding out that they were going to have to turn all of those ballots over 
to the Arizona State Senate. Now, they are legally required to keep those ballots and all records for 22 months. Why were they shredding them after they were ordered to turn them over? There is only one answer. And I don't know if anybody else out there is sick of this, but I am not going to guide my life and make my decisions based on the communist standard of what qualifies as evidence. If someone is shredding 2020 ballots when they're supposed to be holding them for another year and a half and they're currently supposed to be turning them over to people who want to fully examine those ballots with a legal right to do so, we don't need to then take the next step and be like, well, I can't believe that until I see hard evidence that that's what they were really trying to do. What hard evidence would you need? If you were FaceTiming with someone and on that FaceTime, there was a knock at the door and you're watching the FaceTime, you're waiting for your friend to come back after answering the door and they never come back and you're like, wow, I wonder what happened to my friend. And you go over there and you find out that your friend is lying dead on the floor in a pool of blood with a whole bunch of stab wounds. Well, assuming at that point that it's murder is entirely reasonable and you are almost definitely right. The cases where you might not be right, you would actually have to like make logical leaps and create Imaginary scenarios where another explanation could actually be true. That's not a smart way to live. We do not have to pretend that the only intellectually honest viewpoint on what's happening in that situation in Arizona is unknown. It is not unknown. It is exactly what it looks like. Of course. And the fact that their attorney general addressed it at all proves that the man has exactly what he says he has. Or else why would they need to establish a chain of custody on those ballots coming from the dumpster? Hey, if you throw your ballots outside in the dumpster, you've kind of relinquished the whole chain of custody thing. The corruption is unreal. There are audits happening in New Hampshire. Wisconsin is investigating the story I talked about yesterday. I think it was yesterday. About the Zuckerberg money influencing the elections in Green Bay. There are over 400,000 ballots in Georgia with no chain of custody because, of course, they're fake ballots. All of this stuff is coming out. It's all going to come out. And the public is going to see it with their own eyes. Again, every time the Democrats have an event, nearly every day, they find something that wakes up more people. Andrew Cuomo now is again refusing to resign after another accuser has come forward. And now there are 30 women, I believe, that used to work there that said he would bully them 
and say inappropriate things to them. He stood at a microphone today or sat. I didn't see the video. I only heard the audio, but to be accurate. And he said that this is clearly just, you know, politics. They're playing politics. That's what he says whenever he gets caught in anything. And he said it for years and years. If you look up, and I did this the other day, Andrew Cuomo and the and then quotes around playing politics, you'll find interesting answers. That's his common excuse for absolutely everything. He used the same excuse that he's using now for the women coming forward as he did last year with the nursing homes. And it's getting to a point where he's not going to be able to avoid it. Thank goodness, because he should not be allowed to avoid it. He did it. And now basically there's an impeachment investigation underway. The uh, assembly and the Senate in New York state are all calling for his resignation. Even uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and the body double stand-in for Danny DeVito's The Penguin, Jerry Nadler, is also calling for, for Cuomo's resignation. Now, I don't think AOC or Jerry Nadler should have any power to decide anything, but the fact that people that intermingled with that corrupt system are also calling for it means it's about time it happens, but he's not doing it. And I'm actually in a way glad that he's not doing it because they're going to have to keep going after him. Maybe they just think that they're going to, you know, expend all this energy and then the story will just go away. I guess that that's possible, but it doesn't seem like it. It seems like he's going to inevitably get, the nursing home stuff pushed back into the public. Even AOC mentioned it. But to get back on track, there is no way in hell that Joe Biden got 81 million votes. Even like the thumbs up, thumbs down, like dislike buttons on YouTube, they're all way upside down for Joe Biden. Like 500 likes and 9,000 dislikes, that kind of thing. And, you know, Donald Trump used to have rallies almost every day, or he would do a press conference almost every day. And all of them, all of them would be in the hundreds of thousands. People cared what he said because it mattered and they wanted to know. No one cares what Joe Biden says. And yes, I'm sure that there are plenty of people who actually did vote for him that simply don't pay attention to anything now. And they don't care what he said. Again, I, I, you know, I'm writing about this. I talk about it all the time, but these are the party of false decorum people. They just simply don't care. They do and say things that make them look like they are active, loyal members of the party of false decorum. And so they think that everyone else will just leave them alone. Just say the right things. Just do the right things. You'll advance. Everyone will leave you alone. It's not true. Joe Biden has no support in the country. It doesn't matter what CNN's polls find. CNN is not even a news organization. They're a propaganda organization. And we have seen over and over and over again that polls don't mean anything. So what does a CNN poll mean? Oh, 80% of Americans support the $1.9 trillion COVID stimulus bill. Well, that sure ain't fucking true. There is no way 
No way at all. Trump supporters aren't flipping over to that crap. Maybe 80% of the communists you asked liked it. I would bet they couldn't even get 80% of Biden voters to say that it's good. And that shouldn't take long. Just You could probably just ask all 400 of them in one day. So Joe Biden got into his speech and literally flubbed the word tonight in the first sentence he said. He said to light. Like the man is not functioning, like genuinely not functioning. It's to the point where normal people would be like, hey, no, I don't think grandpa's going to join us at dinner tonight. He just kind of he just kind of needs to sit for a while and then, you know, we'll put him to bed when we get back. That's how Joe Biden should be treated. Instead, we have him up there pretending to represent the United States of America on the world stage. That is an embarrassment of magnificent proportion. And this is way beyond what Joe's age is and what his mental deterioration is, okay? You know, I talked about this so much in the lead up to the election. I don't think that there's any way that a person could have possibly been acting responsibly by voting for this guy. And I think on some level they would admit it that they just, you know, they want Trump out because, again, they don't know anything. Or they think that it's fine because Kamala will be in there, even though no one in the country voted for Kamala Harris. You know, I know that they did by virtue of voting for Joe Biden, but Kamala Harris didn't get a single delegate in the primaries. Like, Democrats don't even like Kamala Harris. The only people in the world who like Kamala Harris are the people in media and entertainment and tech who say they do. And then, you know, of course, the Chinese Communist Party, corrupt governors and corporations, all of whom can control her. So those people like her. The old guard loves her because she's incompetent and doesn't know anything, but she's also happy to do whatever they tell her. And she gets to score identity points, which give her uh, false credit already, but then also will shield her from criticism because all that criticism will be called racist. I mean, again, obviously could be wrong. I think it's weeks, not months before Joe's done. This is this is bad. And he was like on a relative scale for him last night. He was at least fairly well composed for what he's usually looking like and sounding like. But his body language was really strange. You know, he has his uh, he has his kind of mannerisms that he's been doing forever. You know, it's the way that Bill Clinton would kind of uh, put his right hand or his left hand up and he would clasp his thumb on the top of the curve of his index finger rather than pointing, right? And that's how he looked like he was very serious. He would always be using that hand gesture. A lot of politicians have had that. And Trump does the little, uh, you know, sometimes he does the, the okay sign, which they pretend is like a white power sign. People have their mannerisms, that's fine. But Joe's mannerisms have like slowed down and show this this weakness, especially while he's trying to use those mannerisms to uh, portray strength and seriousness and ambition and motivation, right? It's just a weird uh, dichotomy of the signals he's imagining 
he's making. Because the signals are not coming across that way. They're coming across as a very old, decrepit man. And that is what he is. Like, there's just no denying it. You know, I'm sorry if that sounds offensive to somebody. This is not like uh, ageism. (laughs) Fuck, I can't believe that people actually took that shit seriously. Like, as a major problem, I understand the concept. And I understand how it's seriously applicable at times. Fine. But Joe is toast. It's even getting to the point where people with big platforms are talking about how his eyes are clearly basically black now, whereas they used to be light blue. His face and his skin look totally different, sometimes even from day to day. It's very, very strange what's going on there. But the one part of his body language that was was really kind of uh, alarming to see was when he would lean forward over the podium. And this is when Joe was trying to do his, his Joe Biden thing where he's really understanding what everybody's going through. And it's been so hard for everybody and blah, blah, blah. But he was leaning forward and it looked like just a withering old man holding on to a walker. It seemed almost like he was resting his weight on the podium. But this is also while he was literally, quite literally begging people to take vaccines. It was one of the creepiest things I've ever witnessed. He he puts on this very quiet and sensitive voice like, come on, folks, folks. And this is I'm going to read his quote. And I'll try to be as Joe Bideny as possible without um, selling any of you out or molesting anyone. I promise I will do everything in my power. I will not relent until we beat this virus. But I need you, the American people. I need you. I need every American to do their part. That's not hyperbole. I need you. I need you to get vaccinated when it's your turn and when you can find an opportunity and to help your family, your friends, your neighbors get vaccinated as well. I mean, that is so creepy. Let's see. I need you. I need you. I need I need you. I need you. That's five I need you's. Well, four I need you's and one I need. In the span of five sentences. In the span of 20 seconds of talking. That's disturbing. It's also desperate. That was a straight up begging. You can look at his body language. You can look at what he's saying. He was literally begging people to take the vaccine. And that wasn't even the creepiest part. The creepiest part was when he started talking about Dr. Fauci and vaccine safety. He said, but to get there, we can't let our guard down. This fight is far from over. He called Fauci one of the most distinguished and trusted voices in the world. That is not even a credential 
That's only the result of a propaganda campaign. He's certainly not one of the most trusted people in the world. He's what the news has told us is one of the most trusted people in the world. There are actually people who heard of Anthony Fauci before February of last year. And none of those people think that Anthony Fauci is one of the most trustworthy people in the world. There was a great video uh, that I watched yesterday that you should watch and send to people who are thinking about getting the vaccine, especially if they're liberals, because this conversation was between uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. and Naomi Wolf. These are two dyed in the wool liberals, right? And both of them are on some level red pilled. I mean, maybe maybe RFK is completely red pilled um, and just still somehow a liberal. But Naomi Wolf is like on her way to realizing that a lot of things that she fought for aren't real and that she accidentally was fighting for the evil side. And by the way, I've admitted that I was in the same place. So no offense to her. It's just how it is. The liberals she supported, the causes that she helped support, unfortunately, are all evil. And then Biden says, he's assured us the vaccines are safe and underwent rigorous scientific review. I know they're safe. Vice President Harris and I know they're safe. That is fucking disturbing. Okay? Over and over again in this speech, Joe Biden said that the difference between him and the Trump administration is that he's always going to tell you the truth, even when it's hard. And politicians will say that quite a lot before they lie to you. Which does a real disservice to the truth, but it helps them quite a lot because then they sound like they are acknowledging that people might have different opinions or that people may believe something that's contrary to what they're about to say. It's basically, for people like Joe Biden, a a lie signifier. As soon as they say, I'm going to be straight with the American people, the next thing they're going to say is a lie, 100% of the time. I mean, genuinely, pretty much everything Joe Biden says is a lie, even the way he lies and distorts the stories of his own wife and his own son's death. His first wife, the one he was cheating on with Jill. He lies about the circumstances of both of those deaths. That's horrifying for a moral person, right? I could not imagine doing that. Unless, of course, I killed them myself. And there is actually a conversation to be had about that. But we don't have to go down that rabbit hole. Because the truth is there is no clear bottom, but there is some evidence and some fairly strong rumors that were concurrent with her death. Like this is stuff from back in the 70s that Joe Biden had misled about what caused the death and then for the next few decades lied about the man whose car crashed into his family's car, saying that the man was drunk driving, and he wasn't. And that man's own children have spoken out against Joe Biden lying about that. Joe Biden lied about the man 
who crashed into his wife and kids while they were in the car, killing his wife. He lied about that man to gain sympathy and political points. That's despicable. Joe Biden is a very, very, very bad person. And the idea that we're somehow restoring dignity or honor or morality to the White House is fanciful. But he really spent almost the duration of this speech just shilling for vaccine companies. One thing that's really interesting to me is that he talked about how Johnson and Johnson and Merck, I guess, were teaming up. They were going to work together, these two competitors working together. That's pretty strange, isn't it? It's especially strange after Merck has stopped any uh, forward motion on their own vaccine programs and have even said that vaccines probably aren't necessary. But I guess there's some sort of payout that everybody needs. So now they're just going to lump Merck in with Johnson & Johnson. Why does Johnson & Johnson need help? Someone answer that for me. This is ridiculous. And then Joe Biden also said that they had ordered all of these vaccine doses and the administration has said that if they have surplus vaccines, then those can be distributed to the rest of the world. So in that instance, what do you expect that they think the future looks like for these vaccines, right? So they want to, first of all, make sure that every American is vaccinated and they will continue using different elements of force until they get to that point. But there should not be any excess vaccine purchases. We don't need to spend billions more dollars so that we can ship vaccines to other countries. Joe actually used the line last night, no one is safe until everyone is safe. He wants to vaccinate third world countries. And you know, of course, that that money just simply goes to Bill Gates and then Bill Gates poisons third world countries. Does that sound shocking to you? If it does, look it up. We're past the point of pretending that this stuff isn't real. These people have given overwhelming evidence that they are evil, that they are power hungry, that they are money hungry, that they are dealing with derangement and perversions like the world has never seen. And the facts are there. There is no longer any reason to cut these people the benefit of the doubt. He was shilling for vaccine companies. Experimental. Gene therapy really is what it is. And this is supposed to be good. This is the face of responsibility. Give me a break, man. Come on, man. Joe Biden said it's never a good bet to bet against the American people, which is a line that he has certainly used before. And I'm sure other politicians have as well. But it is really interesting because that is exactly exactly what Joe Biden and the globalists have done. And the fact that they bet wrong on that is why they're having so much trouble implementing all these plans. Now, recall, Hillary Clinton was supposed to win in 2016. They just didn't voter fraud well enough. And if that had happened, Hillary would have been already progressing all these things we see now. But they basically are still running the same playbook and they still have the same clock. So what they're trying to do 
is speed up all of these processes that they're putting in place, which is why you have executive order after executive order for Joe Biden, which is why the border crisis is exploding to the point where even Fareed Zakaria in the Washington Post is admitting that it's a crisis. I'm not sure if I'm going to get to that article today. I was going to try to, but if I don't find time, go read it. Washington Post, Fareed Zakaria, it's actually from uh, yesterday, but he's talking about Biden's border crisis. And, of course, blaming it on Donald Trump because he ruined everything and he was mean to people, you know, always. But if it's true that no one is safe until everyone is safe, how does Florida have no masking and fully open? How does India have that? How does Wuhan, China have that, Joe? Can you answer that for me? If no one's safe until everyone's safe, how is it that they're safe? They're not wearing masks, Joe. You are leading your commie followers, the party of false decorum. They are leading this country into ruin, okay? The United States is not advancing in any way right now and will not until Donald Trump is back in office. Joe Biden is leading this country to ruin. He is doing it intentionally. That is actually their plan. They don't want America to be the world's military superpower. I'm not making this up. It's part of what the Great Reset is. They want China to be the world's police, and they want the United Nations to be the world's police. The communists in this country, the people who voted for Joe Biden, would probably be just fine If the United Nations came here on a peacekeeping mission to prevent QAnon white nationalist violence, that's how little these people know and how little they think. They would be fine with a UN peacekeeping mission, which is what they call when they go terrorize other countries. And again, that sounds crazy. Go look into the abuse caused by the United Nations, quote-unquote, peacekeeping forces and peacekeeping missions. It ain't pretty. These aren't good people. That's the craziest part, man. The, The idea that anyone should be trusting any globalist or any of these globalist organizations like the WHO, the, uh, the UN, and the World Trade Organization, they are not looking out for Americans' interests. They are not looking out for the interests of free people. They don't care about free people because free people aren't how their system prospers. You are not meant to be a free person. You are meant to produce economically for society. Then they will pay you back at a rate lower than you produce, but they will give you the things that they say you need like a small little box to live in and very good health care if you're only willing to wait in line for weeks or months or years. I imagine that the Medicare for all health care regime will be about as competent as the COVID regime. Anyone doubt that? Does anyone think that they would run better than the public health sector operated during COVID? There's no way. Imagine putting Bernie Sanders in charge of something. 
I cannot believe that there are American adults who were taken seriously while outwardly supporting Bernie Sanders. That is just hard to imagine. But so wait a second about rabbit holes. I want to mention this really quick and then I'll I'll circle back. I'll circle back. The last couple of days or maybe a week or so, maybe a couple of weeks, I don't know. But I've been noticing the word rabbit hole popping up a lot more. Like if someone brings up election fraud, for instance, or a problem with elections, someone on TV will say, well, you know, we can't go down that rabbit hole. The New York Times even used rabbit hole in a headline today. So it seems to me like they are basically using this as their quickest signal ever to say, hey, you got to stop talking about that right now or we're going to call you a conspiracy theorist. It's like a warning shot. Like, whoa, 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 slow down. You're entering conspiracy territory. Last May, of course, we weren't allowed to go down the Andrew Cuomo killed people in nursing homes rabbit hole because that was a conspiracy theory. But now it's true. Hydroxychloroquine works. That's a conspiracy theory. Well, now it's true. The the PCR tests are being set up with the wrong cycle threshold. That's a conspiracy theory. No, it's true. All the stuff they call conspiracy theory is true. Well, not all of it. But if they're talking about it on the news and they're saying one point of view about it is a conspiracy theory, pretty much almost definitely true. Especially the election fraud. It's just like, don't even think about believing this thing. The bad people already believed it before you did. And now it's tainted. So the other thing I want to mention about Joe Biden's truly pathetic speech was that how at the beginning and the end, he went through and tried to tell everyone how bad everything was. And obviously the purpose of that was to try to put it off onto Trump. But he basically ran through this laundry list of all sorts of things that people aren't allowed to do. And it's odd because the only people who really haven't been doing any of that stuff are the communists who voted for him to everyone else. It just sounds like he is trying to depress the nation with a bunch of anti-scientific bullshit that people are only pissed off about. It's like he was advertising the fact that they kept people from seeing their loved ones while they were dying, right? Or that they couldn't have funerals or weddings or birthday parties or graduations. He actually spent a lot of time on the graduation thing. Maybe his mind ventured off onto the subject of young boys and young girls, and he had a moment. But... Reminding the nation of all those things is hopefully, I mean, I think it will be, but that should be really bad for Joe Biden. It's Democrat policies that did that. And Joe Biden supports those policies. In fact, he supports more of those policies. It is obvious and clear based on the data that the coronavirus is going away by itself due to herd immunity. Okay? Joe Biden is pretending the only way it will go away 
is if everyone is vaccinated. And he says, if everyone does that, then maybe by the 4th of July, you can have people over in the backyard having a barbecue, but not a large group, not a large group. And he said that he wants the states to make all adults over 18 eligible to receive the vaccine, I guess, so that you don't have to, you know, be in kind of like that seating group thing on an airplane where it's like the old people. Well, first, the black people get it and the Hispanic people. Right. Because that's who they're, you know, originally testing it out on very woke. And then old people get it. And now I guess adults can have it. But if it all adults get it. If all adults get it, you need to know that every week the CDC is going to be letting you know, in his words, what you can and cannot do once you're vaccinated. Isn't that interesting? The whole speech from Biden was about telling Americans what they're allowed to do. And he's also keeping up this pretense that all the states are just as closed as California, New York and D.C. It's it is amazing to me because, you know, and I'm not sure this is true, but I have a feeling just from the amount of time I've spent in L.A. and around people like this, that they genuinely have no idea that other states and other cities are not operating at all like the ones they're in. Like, I'll tell people, yeah, hey, don't you know that uh, Florida's been open since the end of last September? They're like, I didn't know that. Is that true? Well, yeah, it's true. But he was saying that we have to stick to the rules. Again, telling a free people that they have to follow the rules or else. First off, or else what, Joe? Or else what? Or else we can't go back to normal. Oh, really? All you have to do to go back to normal is just do it. That's not Joe Biden's choice. The fact that anyone is going along with this, the people going along with it are the ones you should be aiming your protest at. You know, whether it's actual protest, writing emails, having conversations with friends and stuff. The reason we are still locked down is because people are still scared and they want to enforce their opinions and their beliefs on other people without evidence. Okay, that is called oppression. They are telling other free humans what they must do. Must. This is what you're allowed to do. This is what you can do. Okay, thanks, Dad. And then he said that they'll re- they'll place restrictions back on things if the circumstances change. Like, well, you know, <laughs> we don't know what's going to happen once we open up. We only have <laughs> months and months of data in places all over the world. <laughs> and also uh, schools, I guess it's safe for kids to go in the rest of the world. But here we don't know if anything goes bad. We might have to place restrictions back on you. <laughs> places are open. Places have been open. The amount that they're talking about reopening is basically zero. 
his messaging and Fauci's messaging, the guy that is one of the most trusted voices in the world, as if that fucking means anything, is that you have to get your vaccine. It doesn't allow you to do any extra stuff. And regardless, even if you can do a few more things, you still have to listen to us when we tell you what you have to do at all times. They are going to decide whether or not enough people just by number, not by anything else. They're going to say, well, you know, we're really looking to get 70% of the population vaccinated and it's only at 48% because Trump supporters, they just won't do it. So we're just going to have to stay closed until then. That's one of the most divisive things anyone could ever say. You think it's around the corner? I bet you it is. But the whole thing here is that they have control. They will give you back some of your control as long as you comply. So if you comply, you can have a little bit more control. Or else you get the hose again. And throughout the entire speech, which was pathetic and shocking, one of the most pathetic parts was when he was basically apologizing to the Chinese Communist Party because there were reports on the news about an increase in hate crimes against Asians for because of calling the China virus the China virus. That is almost definitely not something that happened. And we can know that because it's not racist to call the China virus the China virus. It actually was from China. You can see why the Chinese didn't want anybody calling it that. And you can see by the people who determined that it was racist to do so. Who is serving the Chinese? But Biden, like, was apologizing for that. The problem with coronavirus apparently is racism. It is unbelievable what they do. The Chinese Communist Party right now in China has two million Muslim Uyghurs in concentration camps where the women are raped and sterilized and their heads are shaved so that they can sell extensions to the Western world. They are all reeducated out of their religion. They are beaten and tortured. It is the worst Thing imaginable to all those woke liberals out there pretending that saying never again to Nazism is supposed to be something of a a core value. You got to stop You're liars. It's happening right now. And you know, it's happening right now. People are telling you people are showing you. And even after they showed you, you went and voted for a man who is completely compromised by the Chinese Communist Party. It's not debatable, okay? I'm not joking every day when I start the show with that. I want to remind people every day, this is who you're actually dealing with. A man who has to do whatever China says and literally doesn't have the brain power to resist it. 
a man who has sold his political office and American interests to corporations and foreign adversaries for 50 years. And a man whose son, whose son is the bag man for this corruption, is a degenerate sex addict, a degenerate drug addict, has child porn on his computer. That's the man you voted for. And we cannot forget that. Because this narrative is ridiculous, man. Now listen, if some Asian person was actually abused by someone because of this, then I feel bad for them. And the person who did that clearly owes them an apology. If it was a crime, then that person should go go to jail. And I'll even apologize to that person on behalf of the country, the country that promises it won't treat people like that, even though uh, treatment based on race is 100% in line with the Democrat Party. But what I won't do is, a, is apologize to China because the guy happens to be Chinese. China doesn't deserve an apology. The man or the woman deserves an apology. China deserves no apology. And also, is the person you're protecting a Chinese American? Because if it is, then you should be apologizing to Americans. Not the Chinese Communist Party. Okay, they don't need it. And one of the interesting things that uh, Joe mentioned about the virus rollout is that. And I said it earlier that states are supposed to make it so that all adults over 18 are eligible to, I guess, make an appointment to one day get the vaccine. But that's weeks, if not months, following on from May 1st. The disease numbers are already dropping at amazing rates. I mean, and of course, I'll qualify that as I always do by saying their numbers, even their numbers, the ones they want to be bad, those ones are even dropping. So we've got almost, well, we've got a month and a half or so until that May 1st date when then all adults are eligible. And then it's going to be months from then before all adults could take this vaccine, even though many adults will choose wisely not to. But that time horizon is long. Are we supposed to expect now that the May 1st is a a, a big date? Oh, well, that's the day everybody can get their vaccine. Oh, yeah, let's party. Well, no, that's not going to be anything. But they're going to keep building up to it and building up to it and building up to it. But it doesn't mean anything. It's not going to change the curve. None of this is. It's not going to change herd immunity. We're almost definitely already in a situation of herd immunity right now in the population and probably have been since the end of last summer. But you'll remember that while Trump was in office, he had already laid out this timeline ahead of where Joe Biden's laying it out. Biden was trying to take credit for all this vaccine stuff, all this stuff that's changed about the virus, the numbers going down and all that. 
Trump did that. There's been nothing, not one thing Joe Biden has done so far that has made a difference in the state of the coronavirus right now. Not one thing. I would love for somebody to point out one thing that can be proven to be a successful Joe Biden policy that actually made a difference. It's not possible. You can't do it. So Joe Biden's done nothing. He took credit for Trump's thing. And then he's touting this May 1st date as an accomplishment. Dude, just take your fucking pen and sign a paper and say, hey, yeah, everybody over 18 is eligible. I don't know why we were, I don't know why we were even doing that. Truth is, nobody even really wants it anyway. Like, just make everybody eligible and then we'll see, Joe. It's not going to work, Joe. No one's this dumb. No one's this dumb. And the funny thing is they're even trying the same exact tactic on the COVID relief payouts. So in her press conference yesterday, Jen Psaki was uh, asked about when people might expect to see some money. And she said that certain people with direct deposit might see it as early as this weekend. But for others, it'll be within the next few weeks or couple of months. So basically, as long as they send out, what, 20 payments? <laughs> no, but seriously, they could send out 1% of the money this weekend via direct deposit and then wait six weeks to send anyone else anything and then still be in the scope of what she said. And circling back to the way I was talking about at the beginning, like there is a group of people in our society right now, the party of false decorum, where they will actually listen to that. And if payments do go out this weekend, but that all the payments don't get finished until June or July, there will be communists in the party of false decorum saying well, yeah, I mean, that is what she said. That's what she said was going to happen. You know, like, and then they'll do the thing where they are well off enough that they don't think anyone else might actually have real world problems. So they'll say things like, dude, it's 600 bucks. It's fine. And that will make sense to them. In the real world, if you say you're going to sign for $2,000 of COVID relief, on your first day in office and then over seven weeks later you finally do sign that thing and some people might not get the money until June you're a liar that's the real world we don't have to get down to language technicalities well yes yeah, I mean she did say it was going to take a while like what are you even mad at well, I'm mad at the fact that they're lying and that they're winning elections by cheating and lying. But that's just me. Now, I want to quickly touch on this article from Market Watch, and then one more quick story, and then I say good day to you. But I'm not going to read the whole thing. Um, this is uh, an article today by Yara Asi ASI in Market Watch. Vaccine passports may be coming. What's the downside? 
concerns over privacy and inaccurate perceptions of risk. Oh, 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 oh. It's only about privacy and inaccurate perceptions of risk. I see. After a year of canceled concerts, closed door sporting events and restricted air travel, vaccine passports are being touted as a way to quicken the route back to normalcy or or you can just live in Wuhan or India where people are already living their normal lives. How stupid, how fucking stupid is the West that we have just completely done away with the idea that we might actually lead on something. Instead, we have blinders on to the rest of the world and we just pretend it's not even happening, but that we are very worldly because we traveled to a fucking beach on somebody's plane. So somehow, yeah, we're, we're very keyed in about what's happening in the world. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And this is uh, directly, directly at all the fucking ignorant rich kids I spent my life around for the last 18 and a half years in Los Angeles. Unbelievable that people can be so, so stupid. Sorry. Ha <laughs> ha. The premise is straightforward. A digital or paper document will indicate whether individuals have received a COVID-19 vaccination or, in some cases, recently tested negative for the coronavirus. This could allow them to travel more freely within their communities. Allow them to travel more freely within their communities. Enter other countries or engage in leisure activities that have largely been closed off during the pandemic. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But they'll stay closed off, but these people can do them. Got it. As a global health management researcher, I can clearly see the benefits of vaccine passports, but I'm also aware of the pitfalls. While vaccine passports may open the world to many, they may lead to discrimination, especially against the poor. But I went out of order because here's the kicker. Vaccine passports seem like a desirable alternative to continuing lockdowns until herd immunity estimated to occur at about 70 to 75% vaccination rate is achieved. Okay. Every, every, every little bit of that sentence is a lie. Vaccine passports do not seem desirable and would not seem desirable. Even if they did allow us to return to doing things. Desirable as an alternative to continuing lockdowns? No, they're not that either. We just need to stop the lockdowns. There should be no lockdowns. And she's saying, by the way, quite clearly, once I read the rest of the sentence again, continuing lockdowns until herd immunity. So that is the plan. Let's not be confused about what the plan is. They are going to keep it like this until they get the number of people vaccinated that they want to vaccinate. And they can't do anything else because if they do, everyone's going to realize that the vaccine is bullshit. And that's even apart from the negative health effects. If we reach, and we did, herd immunity before the vaccine comes out, before a great many people take it, then you don't need the vaccine. And we are being shown that quite clearly. But again, estimated to occur at about a 70 to 85% vaccination rate. 
Now, that's definitely not true. First of all, herd immunity, population immunity has nothing or it has only part to do with the vaccine. People can acquire immunity through getting the disease and developing antibodies or by having prior T cell immunity. So, no, there's no scenario where we need or even want to vaccinate 70 to 85 percent of the country. Not at all. But that's not even the right definition of herd immunity. This is propaganda. Vaccine passports seem like a desirable alternative to continuing lockdowns until herd immunity estimated to occur at about 70 to 85% vaccination rate is achieved. That, that should horrify people, honestly. This is a person who calls herself a global health management researcher. I'm not even sure that's a real job. I mean, I could call myself that. I was researching global health management last year when I was writing more about the coronavirus than I do now. Maybe I should take that title. Why would someone be relied on for their credentials when you can tell they're lying to you? This is the point that I'm trying to get across to a bunch of my redeemable commie friends still. Like, okay, despite everything you think about Trump or Biden or politics or anything, how can you trust these people? You look at them and they're lying. The people you trust the most are liars. Andrew Cuomo is a liar. Dr. Fauci is a liar. Joe Biden's a liar. Nancy Pelosi's a liar. Kamala Harris is a liar. All of these people are corrupt and immoral. It's not hard to find out why if you just look. And if you do look, you'll find it. And you'll be like, wow. I can't believe I'm making excuses for this. I'm just kidding. You're a communist. You'll still be like, that's not true. There's, <laughs> you're making baseless claims. There's no overwhelming evidence. And yeah, that actually is how it sounds to me after hearing people who I used to think might be smart. Having to hear them like divulge the fact that they are actually brain dead communists like it does make me feel bad and then after you hear it enough times it does it does it just sounds like that it just sounds like um like massive dumb giants just yelling down upon you grunting stupidest people on earth i swear to god am i angry right now i don't feel angry i'm smiling i really just don't like communists man oh man why do they just want to ruin everything so much um okay last story of the day of the week um i saw this tweet last night from a woman named gillian turner who is a fox news journalist uh national security correspondent and here's the tweet exclusive official government memo obtained by fox news shows National Guard chief laying out case that guard not equipped to carry out mission in D.C. to protect the Capitol. 
dissents from Pentagon decision to continue the mission. This is very interesting, right? So they're talking about the National Guard surrounding the Capitol in the militarized zone in Washington, D.C., that we are told is the result of an imaginary coup that they have no proof exists. But they are ruling with dictatorial power after usurping it through a fraudulent election. And now they have troops, thousands of troops, surrounding them for their protection. So which one sounds like a coup to you? But here is the letter, and it's very interesting. Efforts to date have not secured enough volunteers among supporting states to meet the USCP request, that's Capitol Police, of 2,280 soldiers, nor option B of 1,000 soldiers. Okay, so right there he's saying that he doesn't have enough National Guard members from the states that still have National Guard there who want to continue avoiding their normal life and they actually would like to go back to their jobs and families instead of participating in political theater. But they can't even get, they can not only not get 2,280, they can't even get 1,000, okay? So the troops clearly don't want to be there. Over the past 12 months, states have experienced unprecedented demand for National Guard utilization related to COVID-19, civil disturbance, wildfire, hurricane, and flood response, all while meeting every combatant command deployment requirement. In addition, the states are currently increasing their internal requirements to support COVID-19 vaccination efforts and posturing for seasonal natural disasters, as well as training for future deployments. This significantly increased operational tempo directly impacts our ability to continue to man the mission with volunteers. To date, only 500 have volunteered to extend through the draft RFA end date, despite our best efforts to marshal more volunteers. Additionally, faced with pressing needs within their states, numerous adjutants general and governors have expressed their unwillingness to order the involuntary mobilization of National Guard personnel to man the mission. Moreover, I am concerned that the continued indefinite nature of this requirement may also impede our ability to man future missions, as both adjutants general and guardsmen alike may be skeptical about committing to similar endeavors. Pursuit of other interagency law enforcement options seems highly preferable to requesting involuntary mobilizations under current circumstances. Now, that is a lot. I mean, it seems short. It sounds direct and to the point. But he said a whole lot of things in here, okay? So they don't have the forces and people don't want to sign up. Right. That's the first paragraph. And he tells them, you know, of course, we have all these different needs. It's funny, though, because the utilization of the National Guard to help with vaccine distribution was a plan that was around before Joe Biden. Civil disturbance is entirely on Democrats. COVID-19 is almost entirely on Democrats. Uh, Wildfire? Guess who? But the second paragraph, faced with pressing needs within their states, 
governors and adjutants general do not think that this mission is worth having their people on because there is no mission. There's no intelligence backing any of this. They just have thousands of troops in D.C. And then they hired a guy to do a review of the January 6th Capitol incident so that he could recommend that the National Guard stay there. And they recommended that to the Capitol Police. So the Capitol Police recommended it to the Congress. And then it sounds like there's actual information in there. No, it's one political operative placed there by the Congress to investigate something they did and then tell the Capitol Police, yep, still dangerous out there, so that the Capitol Police can tell the person who hired that guy that they all agree. And then it sounds legitimate. I mean, we've got Congress, we've got an investigation, and we've got the Capitol Police. Don't we have to trust all of those institutions? But no, there's no evidence. There's no intelligence. There's no threat to the Capitol, period. I know what the Trump side is talking about. No one's talking about that. No one anywhere is planning a violent uprising. That's not what anyone wants, except for, of course, the globalists, because they would love nothing more than American civil war. But they're also saying that not only do we not have the volunteers for this mission and that our states don't think this mission is worth our time, what you are doing is making it more difficult for the National Guard to be able to be activated in the future. And it's not just that they're crying wolf, which they certainly are. It's that they're showing themselves to be the sorts of people who are happy to use the National Guard and I think almost half a billion dollars of American money at this point to make a political point that no one believes. No one believes them. It's a disgrace, man. But it's also the weekend, so that's something, right? Right, guys? Super positive. Here's the, here's the positive thing I'll say and the positive thing that I always think and say. We are winning. Every single day, we are winning. More and more and more people are waking up to the fact that they were tricked. And when they do that, good people want to be untricked and right themselves and their past behaviors as fast as they can. And so the more people we put in a position to be able to do that, the better things are going to be. So keep spreading information, keep paying attention, keep talking to people. And if you're like the activist type, get out there and get active. Throw a mask burning party. That looked awesome in Idaho last week. Or run for office, do the whole thing. But either way, the weekend is here. Go buy a t-shirt at www.cancelcouture.com or find me on Telegram at I'm your moderator, t.me slash I'm your moderator. I will be back on Monday at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. And Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye. 
Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform is great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and Parler at I'm Your Moderator. Soon I'll be up on Rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a Substack, I'm your moderator.substack.com, where you can donate, or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the rain. Backing as moderator for tonight's broadcast. 
If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'mYourModerator.Substack.com. The merch site is CancelCouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!